welcome everyone to BG Mania, a video game music podcast found on Level Down Games that's posted every Wednesday morning on YouTube, iTunes, and Google Play. I'm Brian, and over there is the lovable luchador, El Francaro. Hey guys! So on today's episode, we're trying out a different format that we're going to do once a month going forward called Radio Hour. So what Radio Hour is, it's a mixture of compositions from an assorted number of games and doesn't follow a particular pattern or theme. So if you notice the first three episodes we did, you know, the first one was the Super Mario Brothers trilogy on NES. The second was the first of our Legend of Zelda series where we did the Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2, and Link's Awakening. And then last week's, last week's episode was wrestling games on the NES. So they all had a particular theme or, you know, a pattern to them. Uh, with Radio Hour, it's just an eclectic mix of whatever we want to play. And this idea allows us to explore games that we may not otherwise have been featuring on BG Mania, games we want to hear more music from, or just something that we feel like sharing with the world on any given Wednesday morning. So another cool thing about Radio Hour that we're going to do is we're going to play these songs uninterrupted from start to finish. So you'll actually get the entirety of the songs as well. Unless, granted, if it's like a 13-minute song or anything probably over 6 or 7 minutes, we will cut it a little short. But I think all the songs we have today are under under that six minute mark. So going forward, if we do have a longer song, we'll just we'll cut a little short. The opening track you heard was was my first pick, which is Legends of Azeroth from World of Warcraft, composed by Jason Hayes. And I can't even tell you. So World of Warcraft has been an ongoing adventure for me since 2004. I started playing it shortly after it came out, but I really wasn't into it as much as I am now, or, or was after probably a year and a half to two years after it released. So I started out, I was playing I was playing a, a, whole, a paladin, a human paladin, at the beginning during Vanilla Warcraft, and the song Legends of Azeroth, the one you just heard, was the song that you hear when you first start up the game. Like That's the login music for the original Warcraft. Each expansion since then, Burning Crusade, Wrath of the Lich King, Cataclysm, Mist of Pandaria, they've all changed the login music. And, and generally, the login music is the most recognizable from each soundtrack, because it's the one you hear the most. And it's usually the best song on the soundtrack. And, and what they do is they kind of like take a mixture of other sounds and themes and that kind of stuff that you're going to hear from the soundtrack and just kind of put it all together. I think Legends of Azeroth just captures everything about Warcraft in general. And like I said, I mean, it's a, it's a game I've been playing on and off since 2004 when it first came out. I've basically been playing it nonstop since 2008. I mean, I don't play, I only play twice a week now, but for a while there I was playing five, six days a week. Throughout that time, I mean, I've met some awesome people through the game, and I, I still raid and play the game with a good chunk of them to this day that we've been friends inside this game and now outside the game for over eight years. And it's pretty cool to say that. Yeah, it's honestly that's a beautiful track on top of all that. Yeah, Me myself, fantastic. I've never I've never actually played a Warcraft game in general, mm-hmm. but I respect the music. Mm-hmm. I could definitely speak to Brian's love for Warcraft. I've actually visited him once and uh, we couldn't go out because he had to go raiding. That's uh, true. He, that is true. Yeah, you know, so he, he's you know he was living in Vegas at the time. I want to go out, have fun, be the tourist, and it's like <laughs> I gotta play Warcraft. So yeah, uh, the, for okay. for for three hours on that night, we uh, you had to just kind of hang out. I just hung out while he uh, went around uh, go, doing his raids. But we did go play blackjack uh, after. We did play blackjack after. Yes. I let's, let's talk about how I did though. <laughs> 
like I said, World of Warcraft has been a big part of, of my life for the past almost 13 years now. And you'll be definitely hearing more songs from the from the series, from other games, from other expansion packs, during other radio hours, and maybe even entire featured BG Manias on specific things in Warcraft, because I have a lot to say about that game, and I have a lot of music I want to share. But we're actually going to jump to one of El Francaro's tracks now. Um, it's his first pick. Uh, so for my first pick, I'm going for Turban Jazz. It's from uh, the Aladdin series on Sega Genesis. Uh, we'll go ahead and give this one a track, and we'll talk about it when we come back. Thank you. 
Okay, that was uh, Turban Jazz from Aladdin on the Sega Genesis system. The uh, game came out back in November of 93. It was composed uh, by Tommy Tallarico. Who was okay, working for- totally know who that is. Yeah. I, I knew you would. Virgin Interactive. <laughs> uh, he did, uh, you know... He's, he's really well known for the video game live series of concerts. Yeah, which uh, I, I have not been to yet, but I cannot wait to catch one. A little lesser known fact for fans out there, he's uh, first cousins with the uh, Hall of Famer in the music business, Mr. Steven Tyler. Uh, he's also composed uh, music for other video games, big ones, uh, Earthworm Jim, Time Crisis, and Metroid Prime. Yeah. Uh, just hearing the song, though, it took me back to playing this game. Which uh, we mentioned while we were listening to it, hard game. It's very difficult and challenging game. Yeah, it's a little, you know, I was uh, once again, I was 11 years old while playing this, dating myself here. Uh, <laughs> uh, not, not the easiest game out there, but it was so fun. Uh, just listening to it, I can see myself throwing apples at guards and yeah. swinging my, you know, swinging the swords around. Uh, the, the games that Disney put out during that era were really good. Uh, yeah, Lion King was very good as well. Lion King, Aladdin. Uh, I'm sure there's others I can think of that are just escaping me right now, but uh, those are the that come to mind for me. Even even in the NES era, uh, if we want to go back a little further, they had some, they had some pretty decent games that were Capcom produced, but yeah. the, 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 the virgin games, or at least these two for sure, really good solid games that you can still go back and play today. Yeah, you know, we're we're talking oh, what 24 years later, yeah. and, and, and you can st- and you you can still get some enjoyment out of these games. Yeah, I haven't, been, I haven't been back to play um, Aladdin since... God, I don't even know how long. It's actually funny, because Jessica actually went back and played it probably two or three years ago. So she she loves Aladdin. Like that That's one of her favorite games from the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. It really is. It's, it's, it's a great hit. It's a, you know, I wouldn't say it's a sleeper hit, because everybody played it. I, yeah, I, it's I, definitely I, not a sleeper hit. I last played it about two years ago. Okay. Uh, someone, someone randomly had it up. I went to MAGFest. Ooh. Uh, which is a it's a great uh, music and gaming festival for anyone uh, who's interested. Yeah, we're actually going to try to get we're actually going to try to get to Magfest here, uh, if not next year, then then hopefully the year after. But you know they had pl- plenty of games to play, and there was a line to play a lot. So I bet, I bet. So, so, you, so you know you know how good that game is when there's a line around the uh, around the convention. Sit down and play Aladdin on a CRT television. Yeah, but hey, man, that that game definitely has a, a strong following, and I mean, I just don't think something like that could ever be produced again. So uh, I miss. I say I love me some platformers. Yeah, for sure. So okay, well, we're actually going to go ahead and move on to my next pick, which is going to be Father and Son from Metal Gear Solid Four. Thank you. 
And that was Father and Son from Metal Gear Solid 4, composed by Harry Gregson Williams. So, Harry Gregson Williams is actually known a lot for television and films that he's scored, such as The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. He did X-Men Origins Wolverine. He did The Martian, and he's done everything for the Shrek franchise as well. But he, since the um, original, well, actually, no, since Metal Gear Solid 2, he has been the main composer for that series. So he did Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, 4, um, Ground Zeroes, and 5, The Phantom Pain. But some other games he's done, he did. He also did uh, Modern Warfare for Call of Duty, and he did Advanced Warfare for Call of Duty. So he hasn't done a lot in the actual gaming world, but the two franchises he is you know, synonymous with in the video game world are two top franchises for sure. Oh, with great music at that, go yeah. figure. Um, yeah. With a track like that, I, I can see why they're keeping this guy around. He's yeah. and it's it's unfortunate what is what has happened over at Konami and with with Metal Gear and Hideo Kojima. Um, obviously, you know we're not going to dive back into what all happened there because it's it's in the past and, and what's done is done. But I, I just makes me very sad as a fan of Metal Gear Solid to to see what ultimately happened with the Phantom Pain, which I don't think was as good of a game as it should have been. And then, obviously, you know, we have the new the new multiplayer-focused... I even forget what it's called at this point, because I just don't care about it. I think it's called Survive or something like that. It's Metal Gear with zombies, and it just doesn't look interesting. And just to see what that franchise is going to become... Like I said, it, it makes me sad, but then I'm excited and happy for Hideo Kojima as well, because he's going on and doing something amazing with Death Stranding. And I mean, his his career is going to be just fine. But with with in particular with Metal Gear Solid Four, um, that was like the ultimate love letter to fans of the Metal Gear franchise. Just with everything that happened in that game, um, you know, everyone was kind of wondering what happened after the original Metal Gear on PlayStation. You know, we didn't really get a whole lot of answers with Sons of Liberty or Snake Eater. So he they went back and they they tied up a lot of loose ends. You know, with Merrill and other people from the original Metal Gear that you didn't really get to know what happened with, well now you do with Metal Gear Solid 4, because it's in in the timeline of, of Metal Gear, that's the one that takes place at the end. Like in, in the Metal Gear timeline. Yeah, it's I love this game. Uh, I said I, I'm someone who didn't actually play Metal Gear until much later on. Yeah. Uh, much like uh, your modern binge watcher, I, I went ahead and I played through the uh, the Metal Gear series, and I kicked myself for having waited so long. Mm-hmm. But I was also lucky because once I finished one, I was able to go to the next and the next. And yes, Metal Gear—it's a beautiful game, beautiful song. Uh, I have not a bad thing to say about the Metal Gear series. Going well, past, like going, that. going past four. <laughs> I want to say I don't want you to get too crazy there. I yeah, you gotta wait for that one. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking here. So the the Metal Gear timeline, Metal Gear Solid Three is the earliest one in the timeline, and then there's Peace Walker, and then Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes, and then Phantom Pain, and then the original Metal Gear on NES. And then Metal Gear 2 from the NES. And then from there we have the original Metal Gear Solid from PlayStation, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, and then Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriot. So that's the official Metal Gear timeline and how those games all take place. So, but yeah, definitely some excellent, excellent music across all of those. And I'm sure we'll be playing more from, from the Metal Gear series as the uh, weeks and months go on. Absolutely. But for now, we're actually going to jump to another one of El Caro's tracks. 
So uh, for this one, I was diving back to 1990 on the NES. Uh, the title theme from the puzzle game Solstice. Alright guys, and that was the uh, title theme to uh, Solstice on the NES. Game came out in uh, 1990, uh, month of June, I believe. Uh, it was composed by Tim Fallon, who we will be hearing again later on one of my picks, because uh, he is a genius definitely ahead of his time. Uh, the game Solstice really was a game I would never have picked up in a million years. It just so happened, though, that I was kind of nearing the end of all the games that I had played on my NES. So I started bugging friends up and down the street, as, as we would do back in the day. Um, and some, some little kid, he says, Well, I have Solstice. And I looked at it, I'm like, this looks stupid. But it was it, but it was a game I never played. Sure. So sure. I was like, here, sure, borrow my Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Uh, and he borrowed that, so I went home and I put Solstice in. I hit, I, you know, as soon as they popped in, I heard that song. 
and I just sat there and I listened to that song. It was just, it was, it was awesome. And then I played the game, and the game is, it's a puzzle game. Uh, it's a, it's pretty much a labyrinthian kind of maze. You're going around looking for pieces of a staff that you're going to use to defeat the evil demon. Uh, I believe his name is Demnos. Just Demnos. Yeah, I have never played this. Uh, oh, the staff of Demnos to defeat Mobius. Uh, okay. The game actually did have a, a sequel uh, called Equinox on the SNES you may have heard of. Mm -hmm. I've heard of that. Uh, uh, but yeah, definitely a good game. Uh, it's something that I would, like, once again, I never would have picked this game up. Just looking at the cover or the name of it, uh, a game based around the Winter Solstice doesn't exactly sound like something uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that I'd be down for. Um, but yeah, he, he also, I do believe he collaborated uh, with the, making the, the music for Ghouls and Ghosts as well. Oh, Really cool. So that's a good yeah, so, soundtrack. Listen, he's he, Tim Fallon. If you look him up, F O L L I N, he's a legend in the video game music business. Uh, like I said, I unknowingly, uh, when doing my picks, actually picked him twice. So <laughs> it, just, it, just, it, just, it just goes to show how good this guy is. Right. Um, that's funny. But yeah, de definitely a game. Uh, I don't want to go for a full review here, but definitely a game I recommend just given a playthrough. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's an interesting one. And you, it's you know, a killer, it's a, it was a killer track. Like because like when we started listening to it, and it started out, and then it just started banging. I was like, wow, I was not expecting that because I had not heard the track before. So, well, that's another thing we're doing here, guys. Um, we're going into these blind. We, we, I obviously know what I picked. You know, he, Brian knows what he picked. Yeah. But uh, we're going into them um, not hearing each other's music, so our reactions yeah. are genuine. Or yep. But there there are some things I know that I have picked, and some well, things I know that Elfrin Carroll has picked that that we obviously know. Of course, uh, that's the you know, we're gamers. We're gonna know a few yeah. of these. I tried to go on the more obscure side for most of mine, uh, right, so. as did you. So, right. right. And uh, okay, well, speaking of that, we'll jump to uh, my next pick, which is actually gonna be from Fester's Quest on the NES. We're going with Underground Sewers.
And that was Underground Sewers from Fester's Quest on the NES, composed by Naoki Kodaka, who also did other notable games on the NES like Batman, Blaster Master, and Spy Hunter. So, and I know, I know you're actually a fan of the Batman game. So, I am a big fan of the Batman game. Great music in the Batman game. Yeah. So, this uh, Naoki Kodaka also did that one as well. But Fester's Quest, man, that's like the Dark Souls of its time on the NES. I know, you know, that's that's a cliche that's that's kind of been popularized now. The Dark Souls of X, whatever. <laughs> so, but this game was entirely too difficult for its time. Especially for for me as a as a young child, I actually did not own this game because I, a neighbor that crossed the street from where I lived when I was a child actually owned this game, and I would go over to his house. I mean, I was over there probably every night or at least every couple nights, and we we'd play this game. We never made it very far. I think we made made it to the sewers. We made it maybe it passed there one time. I've yeah. never beaten this game. I've never gone back to play it, but the music I remember always was really really good in this game. It's just, it was frustrating, and I just never, being a young child, you know, these types of frustrating games were not something that I wanted to sit down and then spend an afternoon playing, so. Yeah, that's something NES did a lot of. They, they, a lot of these games were just, they were hard, because yeah. that's, how, that's how you got your replayability out of them. Right. Uh, as I told you while we were listening to this track, I was instantly angered, <laughs> because uh, just just hearing it reminded me of going through uh, the, the sewers and right. getting getting the power down, so to right. have everything I just upgraded be t- taken down a notch. Yeah. Um, I think I've only ever beaten two bosses in this entire game. So you haven't finished it either. No, I haven't finished it. I, I've, I've gone back and tried to play it since. Yeah. Uh, I just can't do it. I do not have the time or the patience for Fester's Quest. It's tough. It's a it's a very tough game, and definitely one that I would like to explore again in the future. I would definitely, I'd be willing to give this a shot again, but I just don't know that I would get through it. Even even with my skills and you know my you know 27 years of gaming that I have under under my belt at this point. Um, I'm sure I could get through it, but do I actually want to get through it is the question. I'd rather just listen to the music and enjoy it that way. Yeah, that's probably for the best. <laughs> uh, but your, your your tune here uh, was a perfect segue for what I'm doing next. Since you took us down to the sewers, I'm going to take... <laughs> uh, my next track is something you may find in the sewers. Uh, yes, my, 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 this is the Great Mighty Pooh theme, Slaprano, from Conker's Bad Fur Day on the N64. Enjoy. Mighty Pooh, and I'm going to throw my shit at you. A huge supply of tish comes from my chocolate starfish. How about some scat, you little twat? Ah, ah, 
the only thing that makes it through my rear. How do you think I keep this lovely grin? Have some more caviar. Your butt. My butt. Your butt. That's right, my butt. Ugh. My butt. Ugh. My butt! Squirrel like you could destroy my beautiful clagginess. Oh, I'm going! Oh, ah, no! Ah! <laughs> now that's what I call a bowel movement. Okay, go. Alright guys, so again, that was the Great Mighty Pooh, or Slaprano, <laughs> from Conker's Bad Fur Day on the N64, a game put out by Rare, uh, March 2001. This was composed by Robin Beanland, uh, and performed by uh, Chris Marlowe. Chris Marlowe was actually the technical software engineer for the game. Okay. Uh, just, just just jumped in to, uh, to lay down the track for uh, Great Mighty Pooh as well. Such a good song. It really is. Uh... Uh, we're mentioning while listening to this. I don't think uh, before or after this we've ever heard a boss sing to you while you're fighting. No, I, I do still think that's unique to this game. And it's it's so great. This is one of the my, my crowning moments of playing N64. Just this game in general. <laughs> but, but but coming up coming up to this fight, I did not expect this. No one should no, expect no this. No one expected that a giant turd was going to just belt out and start singing at you. Yeah. Um, 
definitely, you know, every time I have sweet corn to this day, uh, it's stuck in my head. It's the only thing that's, <laughs> that's going to make it through <laughs> against the great Mighty Pooh. <laughs> oh, man. And it just, it sucks that, like, we haven't gotten a continuation of the Conquer series from Rare. I mean, like we were talking about before when we did the uh, N- Nintendo 64 Classic Edition predictions on last week's edition of Max Level. There's so many good rare games on the N64, and they just don't go back and do them anymore. So, I mean, like, you know, we had Banjo-Kazooie, we had Banjo-Tooie, we had Conker's Bad Fur Day, and now we get things like Viva Pinata um, and Sea of Thieves, which, Sea of Thieves looks okay, I'm, I'm interested in checking that out, but it's nowhere near, like, their expertise and the masterpieces they created back in the 90s. Can you imagine them making a game... Like, you know, in 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. I, I'd be blown away. I'd be in heaven. Um, oh, yeah, easily. And, I mean, it's fans clearly want it, because when they teased the uh, the Conquer character in... God, what was that stupid thing Microsoft did? And they, they teased him. I don't it was, remember. It was, like, some kind of VR thing, or...? It was, but they also... It was, like, a... Man, the, this the title of the game. It was one where you could actually create things... Um, God, the title of the game slipped in my mind right now. But they had Conquer as a character that you could use in that, and I think it was at a it was actually at a major press conference when they announced he was going to be in it, and they just had Conquer run up against like a black background, and everyone thought it was going to be a new Conquer game, and it was just he was in this particular thing that Microsoft was doing, and people were actually kind of legitimately got upset because everyone wants a continuation of Conquer. You know, we we did get the uncut version on the Xbox when when they when they acquired Rare. But it was more or less the same game. It wasn't yeah. really anything too, you know, different than what we already had played on the Nintendo 64. Yeah, come on, Rare, do something, Microsoft. Yeah. Let's get this game out there. Yeah, let's let's do something. I mean, do something with Rare that you know that they're known for. But then again, I mean, we do have Platonic now with Ukulele, and Ukulele has been pretty successful so far. So, um, Platonic being a majority of the team that was at Rare when games like Conquer's Bad Fur Day came out. So, I mean, maybe we'll get something similar from them. Who knows? I, I definitely is a possibility. I'll keep my eyes up. Yeah, so. Alright, we're going to go ahead and jump to my next pick, which is actually going to be one of my favorites, I think, from today. The legendary theme from Guitar Man.
And that was the legendary theme from Guitaru Man, composed by a Japanese band known as Coil, while the keyboards were arranged by Tomohiro Harada. It actually amazes me that, that you haven't played this game. Um, like as I was mentioning to you, I really hadn't played a rhythm game uh, prior to this. Uh, Guitar Man came out in 2001. Yeah. I, uh, my first experience was Guitar Hero, which was uh, 2005. I think November 2005, so almost 2006. Right. Um, yes, yeah, so that's a whole genre that I had pretty much ignored for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, even now, I'm pretty much stuck to Guitar Hero Rock Band. I've played Elite Beat Agents, but just hearing the song. I want to play this game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, 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 great game. So Guitar Man, it's like you said, it's a rhythm game in which the, the character that you play as, he's known as U1, he faces off against various opponents in musical battles. So basically you have like, you know, your, your bar and the opponent's bar, which is your life bar. And depleting the opponent's life bar just base, is based on how well you do in the song. And playing through this game... Um, I have, I have great memories of this game. And that actually, this game, and I don't know if you've ever played a game called Mr. Mosquito on the PlayStation 2. No, I'm not. These, these rare, obscure Japanese games, I don't know why I bought them, but I bought them because they were amazing. Mr. Mosquito, you play as a mosquito and you fly around and, and bite people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in Guitaru Man, like I said, you... and. If, if any, anyone obviously that, that has followed us for since we started doing this and knows our history, we, we are huge fans of music. Like we're both extremely passionate about music. Um, this game just spoke to me on so many levels when it came out on the PlayStation 2. And the music in it, like I said, it was com- uh, done by a Japanese band called Coil. Fantastic music all throughout this game, um, especially with the legendary theme. I think it's definitely the best track in the game. And I've seen so many people do covers of it on YouTube and um, you know, just some of them have been really, really well done. So I'm just glad that people still remember this game to this day. And I would love to see something like it again. I don't think we ever will, but I would love, I would love for them to do something like this again that was based on a shredding electric guitar player. I mean, it's so cool. Yeah, I do feel that like the rhythm genre is gone, but uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, looking at the the most recent Guitar Hero and Rock Band that came out on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, clearly the demand is not there for it anymore so but i mean there are games like beat rhythm final fantasy um elite beat agents rhythm heaven things like that that are rhythm based games that still do pretty well and you know that that they still have a market for them but actual music based rhythm games like guitar hero like rock band i think is definitely it's the sun is set for those for sure and now for a, a japanese game that I picked up because honestly, I thought the cover looked cool. Uh, <laughs> what, what I was in for was one hell of a ride, and we'll definitely talk about it when we come back from hearing. But my song is the uh, main theme from Katamari Damoshi, uh, Katamari on the Rocks.
keep on feel so good. Sutekina afternoon.
All right, and that was Katamari on the Rock from Katamari Damashii. Uh, the game came out September of 2004. Uh, composer Yui Miyaki. Uh, the vocals being done by Masayuki Tanaka and Tomomini Suzuki. Um, how, do, how to explain Katamari Damashi to the casual fan? Katamari uh, I guess <laughs> the easiest way to explain it is just kind of give you a brief rundown of what the plot was of this game. So basically, uh, the King of the Cosmos goes on a drunken binge, uh, drunken binge and destroys the sun, the moon, the stars, everything along the way. So you, his son, the prince, are tasked with going down to Earth with a bowl called a katamari to roll up objects that are small, that are um, the same size as the ball. The whole idea is to make a ball, a certain specified size, to send it up into the sky to create a new star. In fact, um, the word uh, katamari damashi uh, it translates r- loosely into English as clump soul. So it's pretty much what you're doing. You're you're making a clump of all these things uh, of everything. Uh, Everything in the game can be picked up. Uh, you start off small, maybe the size of like a domino. Eventually, um, you, you, if you're going through, you can start picking up uh, playing cards, which are a little bigger. Then you start going to, to animals and dogs and cats and buildings and cities cows. and <laughs> cats. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's definitely a weird game. Um, like I said, I picked it up because the cover looked cool. And then um, the, the guy at the GameStop counter, when I put when this game, he goes, dude, you have to try this. And I took it as divine kismet, like, you're, okay, let's see, let's see what this guy's gonna sherpa me into. And boy, am I glad he did, because I, I've been, I, I followed the series. Uh, we were, as we were talking about, uh, there hasn't been one recently, at least in the past five years. Uh, the no, last 2012 one was the last one, which was on the, uh, the PlayStation Vita. Yeah, so this is something I would love to see on PS4. Uh, I, oh, easily, these, yeah. It's, it's such fun games. Uh, the soundtrack for every single one of these games, yeah, stellar. In fact, uh, for 2004, this won uh, the award for best video game soundtrack. I'm not surprised. Yeah, and uh, I defy you, my man, to beat that. <laughs> well, from uh, from Katamari Damasi, which was a, a happy, upbeat, fun game, we're going to go to a horror game, which I know you like. I do. So we're actually going to go and jump to the theme of Laura from Silent Hill 2.
and that was yeah. the theme of Laura from Silent Hill 2, composed by Akira Yamaoka. So this actually, even though it, the, the title of the track is Theme of Laura, it is not actually Laura's theme from Silent Hill 2. It's actually the game's main theme. And it's also the one that plays during the credits for um, Silent Hill, the film, the actual, the first movie. So, obviously, as you just heard, Theme of Laura is based on a sad melody combined with a strong beat. And, funnily enough, it was composed in three days. So, wow. Yeah, they, they, only, they only took three days to do it. And what they were aiming for when they composed this song was just to portray... The, the melancholy that that encompasses the Silent Hill series, um, and at the composer Akira Yamaoka actually said this is his favorite one that he's ever composed. I mean, the song is fantastic, and another series from Konami. Just unfortunate, really, with what has all happened with Konami. Like I said, I like we mentioned with Metal Gear. Um, I didn't even put two and two together when I put this list together, but I actually picked two tracks from Konami. But I don't want to dive too much into, into what happened with them. But Silent Hill, I can't tell you how excited I was when they announced Silent Hills after the end of that PT teaser for when they announced oh. it at the PlayStation 4. With, Absolutely. With Hideo Kojima working on it and um, Norman Reedus being involved with it. I was super excited to play that game. I wanted to see what Kojima could do with Silent Hill, the, the series and the franchise. And unfortunately, that game was canceled, obviously, we know. And, you know, he's taken a lot of what he was going to do with that into Death Stranding. But I don't know that we're ever going to see another Silent Hill game the way Silent Hill was actually meant to be done. No, I think so. If they do it, I mean, I don't want to play a pachinko version, which I know it already exists, a pachinko version of Silent Hill. Like, I don't want that at all. Brian, I could have got... I could have gone my whole life without you telling me that. <laughs> um, I believe there's a Metal Gear Pachinko as well. Why? Well, you know, stop. Just stop, Konami, all right? <laughs> you know, I, I, I love you, but you're making me fall out of love with you, and that's... Oh, you know, I, I've already had Konami, um... I try to remember the fond times. Uh, in fact, when I heard the song, the first thing I said to Brian was, why Konami, why? Like, just... Yeah. It's just, like I said, they... Everything about them as a, as a company was so good for the longest time. I mean, they had Silent Hill, they had Metal Gear, they had Castlevania. So many storied franchises that people want to play and that they still want to play to this day. And Konami could, you know, they could be making big bucks in, you know, this period if they just released games that people wanted and stuck with it. But they choose not to. They choose to go to the pachinko route, which, you know, more power to them. If that's what they want to do, go ahead and do it. But... It just hurts as, you know, being a passionate gamer in series that we that we know and love. I mean, if if they have no intentions of actually continuing these series, then let someone else pick up the reins. Like, sell off the rights, sell off the IP to a team, even if it's a small budget team that just wants to continue it forward. Because Silent Hill, I think I would go as far to say, that was my favorite Konami series over Castlevania, over Metal Gear. Like, I was a huge, I own every single Silent Hill that's ever been produced. And, I mean, you know, in, in a period on the PlayStation when we had Resident Evil, we had, you know, plenty of actual survival horror games, Silent Hill was my jam, man. That was the game that I always played. And I didn't even pick up the first one right away. I actually rented it from the local uh, video store, not knowing what it was, and fell in love with the game. And that's when I went out and bought it. So... Yeah. Just, yeah, it's yeah. it's such it's such a great series. Um, yeah, I, as I mentioned to him while listening to this, I go, 
How many endings does this game have? Because I remember this game uh, having <laughs> uh, having six alternate endings, and like I, it just shows you how many times I played through trying to get the different ending. And yeah. yes, I would yeah. go to such a fantastic game. Um, I think probably my favorite in the series would be Silent Hill 2. I think I would go so far as to say that. Not definitely a solid game. Yeah. Uh, I, I love Silent Hill. Silent Hill is a, is a very good game. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I share your, your pain on Silent Hills, and yeah, I'm gonna bring. Insane. I'm, it's insane. I'm gonna bring it back to a nice happy song. <laughs> um, this is my second song from uh, Tim Fallon. This one, co-composed with his brother Jeff Fallon. This is the beach theme from Plock.
All right, guys, and that was the beach theme from Plock. Um, once again, like I said, composed by Tim and Jeff Fallon. Um, they worked on the software creations um, team. They put out uh, also put out Solstice from earlier in the episode. This game came out on the Super Nintendo back uh, in uh, '93. Uh, it's a side scroller, very, very, very um, similar to Yoshi's Island in look. Yeah. Uh, so, so funny story. When you were we were listening to the song and talking about it off the air, and I have never played Plock. So I pulled it up on, on YouTube and was looking at it while we were listening to the song. And I said to El Francaro, I was like, you know, this game reminds me a lot of if you took Yoshi's Island and then spliced it together with something like Contra. And funny enough, we start looking into the game and throughout its development, this game was presented to Nintendo. But Miyamoto, like for whatever reason, and I'm sure you have some more details on it, but for whatever reason, Nintendo didn't pick it up. But it, it looks like they blatantly just took the ideas of Plock and turned that into Yoshi's Island. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it seemed like Mr. Miyamoto thought it was too similar to Yoshi's Island to work. Because he actually wanted to work on this project. Okay. But, but he said it seemed too similar to want to work. Because I'm assuming they uh, already had started on Yoshi's Island at the time. They, they would have had to because Yoshi's yeah. Island came out in 95. 95. Yeah, which was less than two years later. Yeah, um, but this game, it's, it's, it's a very unique game style uh, Pretty much your two power-ups is you have a crazy kind of buzzsaw-style jump. Uh, and then uh, your other power um, comes from your, your limbs, which you actually have to sacrifice during the game. So it makes you a little more or less mobile. And there's power-ups along the way, and you're fighting uh, crazy flea creatures and putting up flags. It's, it's, a, it's a very fun game that... Um, I really, just like uh, Katamari Damashii earlier, I picked that because it was a cool cover. Mm-hmm. I was in the yeah, I was in the video store as a kid, and I was like, okay, this is colorful, this is fun looking. Let me let me grab this, and this is one I've actually went back and rented a few times because, you know, you only have the game for so long and you want to beat it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, this is this is definitely a fun game. It's one I never owned, but I would love to eventually pick up. I still have my Super Nintendo hooked up somewhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I can only imagine how much this goes for nowadays. But uh, it's it's a, it's, a, it's an underrated gem. I definitely recommend looking into it. Very beautiful to look at, and the music. Once again, it's the the Fallons. The, the, their their geniuses in the music world out there for video game music. Yeah, the whole the, the whole the, the whole game has a great soundtrack. The beach theme though, just instantly just. That's the that's the one that I just default to. You hear that the crazy theremin music in there, the kind yeah, of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 that's their style. That's their their hallmark. And uh, I love me some Plock. You should love you some Plock as well. Yeah, I definitely like I said. This is one that I didn't actually play. And uh, after after hearing that song and then looking it up while we were listening to it, I, I'm interested to go back and try it. I definitely want to do that at some point. So good choice. I like it. Good choice. Good choice. So. From Plock, we are going to move to probably the saddest song that I picked um, in, in terms of actual composition. Like this, this song has the potential to make you cry, and it's one that gives me insta goosebumps every single time I hear it. I am talking about the Morning Fog's Wave from Shenmue 2.
And that was The Morning Fog's Wave from Shenmue 2, composed by three guys, Takanobu Mitsuyoshi, Ryuji Ayuchi, I, I know I butchered that one, I'm very sorry, and one of my actual all-time favorite composers, Yuzo Koshiro. Um, I can say so many things about Shenmue and Shenmue 2. I, I actually sent you a YouTube clip to, to watch after we listened to the song, and I, I want to shout out to the Easy Allies crew, but back then they were known as Game Trailers, their reactions when this was announced at, when, when Shenmue 3 was announced at E3. Just the, the level of excitement and emotion that they showed is what I felt and what I showed when they announced this game. Um, like, like I was mentioning to you, these two games have have such a, a storied history and you know they were left unfinished these this series was meant to be six games and with with however whatever happened with with sega obviously the dreamcast didn't take off which the first game was on the dreamcast the second game released on the dreamcast in japan but we never got it on the dreamcast here in north america we actually got it thanks to microsoft on the xbox they picked it up and brought it to the xbox here for the north american audience but Shenmue 3, we all thought, was never going to happen. Petition after petition after petition, outcry from fans. You know, we've been crying and demanding for this game for, you know, however long it's been now. 16 plus years, I think. And we finally are getting it. They've, they've actually, it was supposed to actually release this year. It since, has, it since has been delayed. It's coming out in 2018 now. Who knows? It might seem like a delay. This could still be a 2019 title for all I know. And I, I'm actually fully expecting it to be delayed again, just based on what I know. And then there's rumors that Sega is working on an HD remaster for 1 and 2 on the PS4 to coincide with 3 when it eventually does come out. Um, but this track, like I mentioned when we got into it and when, we, when, when I introduced the track before we played it, Insta gives me goosebumps every single time I hear it. I, I get super emotional when I hear it. Um, the song in the game actually plays during a cutscene in Beverly Hills Wharf when Rio, when you, when Rio, the main character of the game, has basically just woken up on Wong's boat, and the entire scene that's painted there as you're as you're on the water and you're you know you're heading into the city, just it's it's so freaking gorgeous. Just the music itself, the the picturesque that you know that the game is portraying. And I, I do want to do a shout out to these three composers. So, um, like I mentioned, Takanobu Mitsuyoshi is working on things such as um, Virtua Racing, Daytona USA, Virtua Fighter. Um, he's done, like I said, he did Shenmue and Shenmue 2. So he was definitely very, you know, baked in with the Sega stuff. And then um, Ryuji Ayuchi, who I know, like I said, I know I'm butchering your name. I, I'm fully very aware of that and i do i'm sorry but he was the main composers for shenmue shenmue 2 he's actually back on board for shenmue 3 so he, so it's good that they're actually keeping you know one of the same composers you know he's definitely i i feel fully confident that he'll be able to handle it but then yuzo kushiro like i said he's one of my favorite composers um and he's not even he's only 49 years old still so he's he's young um you know in terms of age and he's worked on amazing amazing game so he's from Nihon, he was from nihon falcom originally which probably is one of the best studios in terms of music goes so they've done you know he did he worked on the e series the xanadu series um he worked on act razor he worked on streets of rage like he's the guy behind streets of rage oh, wow he did sonic the hedgehog he did um he did batman returns he did streets of rage 2 streets of rage 3 
Um, what else has he done? He did Shenmue, obviously Shenmue Two. Um, newer stuff he's done. He did. He's so he does, he's the main composer behind the Etrian Odyssey series now, and he did Half Minute Hero. He did Seventh Dragon, and what's the most recent thing he's done? He did Persona Q, which was a dungeon crawler. the The most recent one he's doing is a game called Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom, which has not released yet. So. He's still active in the industry. He's still out there producing stuff. He was the main composer for Super Smash Bros. on the Wii U and the 3DS. I was going to say, every game that you've mentioned that I've known uh, has yeah. great music, which once again, it doesn't surprise me, you know, when you, when you hear a song as beautiful as this, yeah. and, you list, and then you list off all the games he's done, it's no surprise these are all games that have great soundtracks in general, because... Yeah. I think we yeah. could probably do an entire. We could probably do multiple episodes dedicated just to Yuzo Koshiro's music and works, and that might be something we explore. Hey, that might actually be something we do, like actual focus on composers as well in the future. That might be kind of cool. That'd be a great idea. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, man. Every time I hear the song, like I said, just insta goosebumps. Super emotional. Um, probably my favorite track from Shin YouTube. Probably from the entire Shin series in general. And. There's so much good music within these two games. I know I'm going to be looking forward to playing and sharing more of them in the future on, on future radio hours. Again, this might be a series we even dedicate an entire episode to in the future. Who knows? But I have a lot more tracks I do want to play. But that one being my favorite, I wanted to definitely kick off with that one. And, and kind of, if, if you have no idea what Shenmue is, like I said, I, I really, 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 really do recommend going out and, and looking into these games if you have to wait for the HD remasters because they're more than likely coming. But if they never end up coming, play the, play the first one on the Dreamcast, play the second one on the original Xbox, and then definitely pick up the third when it comes out for PS4 next year because the series needs the support. And like I said, dude, it's just so good. Um, such a beautiful song. Such a beautiful series. I can't... Just the fact that we're getting the third one, man. I just I can't... I don't even know. It's so speechless. <laughs> You've got a, a track that's entirely, totally different coming. I, I'm going the complete <laughs> opposite direction on this one. Um, this is a track that it's a it's a reprise of uh, a classic video game in general because it was a remake of a classic video game. Mm-hmm. I'm going for At Doom's Gate, Episode One, Mission One from Doom, the remake for the Windows, PS4, and Xbox One version, released in 2016. Enjoy.
And that was at Doom's Gate from uh, Doom, uh, the 2016 version, uh, developed by uh, id Software. This version uh, was actually put out by Bethesda. Uh, this was composed by Mick Gordon, uh, who is the Freaking original composer. Legend. He is a legend, and if you ever want to go check out the uh, the video for him at E3 performing, epic, epic, epic. Yeah, there's just no other way to describe that concert except epic. Doom is one of those games. Doom is what got me into PC gaming in general. I, I, I had I had played other PC games, but this is what got me into just hardcore playing Doom and Quake and Hexen. But this is the first one, and when you as soon as you pop that game in, that it's I it's 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 ingrained in my soul. It's 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 just a it's 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 a hard metal version, and then this here is a, a modern version done yeah, by the same composer. Clearly, with like more dubstep type of vibes, and which hey, I'm totally cool with. I love that. So, no, I, I, it's it's definitely a it's it's, it's a nice rendition of it. Yeah, it, it definitely fits the, more so to the aspect of the game when you play it. Uh, this is a game that I I definitely recommend playing both versions. Yeah. Um, this. It, it just it's just so good uh they, they bethesda knocked it out of the park of this uh remake yeah and, and it's coming out in uh virtual effing reality as well here soon yeah and it's a vfr version <laughs> I, I i can only imagine the destruction i will do to my apartment when i play that game <laughs> uh as, as i fall over when a cackle demon pops up behind me uh i would yeah. watch that i, I think uh, i would love to watch you stream that on twitch or something when you're playing the game <laughs> Uh, I, I can go. F- I have stories for days of some of my bad VR experiences, but we're not going to go into that just right now. <laughs> uh, oh man! So it looks like it looks like you're down to uh, one last yeah, pick. Us. I, so uh, what do you what, what do you got for the audience tonight? My, my last track, I think I saved the best for last, and it's tough to say that coming after the morning fog wave from Shenmue 2, and in in tracks when I or in this episode when I've also played things from World of Warcraft, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guitar Hero Man, Silent Hill 2. And Vester's Quest, all of which have fantastic music. But the uh, the game that I'm going to pick from here is a more recent game. It just came out a couple months ago. It's uh, Nier Automata, which was released on PlayStation 4, and now it's available on PC as well. This is a it's an action RPG, and the song in that I'm going to be playing this morning is called Amusement Park. Enjoy.
And that was the amusement park theme from Near Automata, composed by Kaichi Okaba. And some of the other works that he's done, just to kind of go a little bit into his history, he was the one of the main guys behind the Tekken fighting series. Um, he did Ace Driver. He's done... What else has he done that, that is relevant here? He did uh, Valkyrie Profile Samaria, which is an RPG. He did... Oh, he, he actually did Beautiful Katamari Damacy, going back to Katamari. Oh, yeah. So he was, he was the guy behind that game. And then, obviously, he's been working with, um, with this team at Square Enix. He did... You know the compositions for Nier, Nier Automata, and I want to say he maybe even worked on the Dragon Guard series. Maybe no, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He did. Okay, yeah, Dragon Guard three. He did do that one as well. So, um, like I mentioned to you after we listened to the song and while I was showing you where this actual song takes place, this is one of my top games of 2017 so far, and. I don't say that lightly because this year has been actually pretty good in terms of releases that I enjoy, like RPGs, uh, obviously. Horizon Zero Dawn was excellent. Breath of the Wild was amazing. But then you have things like, you know, Nier Automata, which, again, excellent. I actually gave it a 10 out of 10 on leveldowngames.com. If you're interested in my review, go check that out on the website. And Persona 5, which another 10 out of 10 game. Fun, um, funny story, all four of those games I just mentioned, Horizon, Nier, Zelda and Persona 5, they all have 10 out of 10s on leveloutgames.com. I couldn't actually say that one was better than the other. Clearly, I do I do favor Nier Automata, I do favor Persona 5 over those four, out of those four. Um, but all four of those games totally deserve a 10 out of 10, without question. And I know a lot of websites shy away from giving, you know, 10 out of 10s all the time. And, and I haven't given, I think I've given five so far since we started Leveldown Games back uh, last year in 2016. But um, these four games in 2017 totally deserve it, 100%. And this, I, I can't really get into much where this setting, where this song takes place in the game without diving into spoilers, so I'm not going to. But all I can say is that Nier Automata is a very, 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 very special game. It's very deep. Um, the, the themes that they're tackling, the, you know, just the, what they're portraying, how they're portraying it. It's a very deep game, one that you actually have to pay attention to and, and really should pay attention to in order to fully understand just how deep they're diving into some of these, you know, um, idea like ideas that they're that they're that they're going for. And when I when I wrote this review for Nier Automata, I actually sent it to Square Enix and they were forward by the review. Like they loved it. They they got back to me you know, they told me how good of a review it was, you know, they, they appreciated it. But the cool thing for me is they sent it to Yoko Taro, who is the director of the game. He read my review. He reached out to me and thanked me for writing such, you know, kind words about his game and just was blown away that I enjoyed it so much. And that just, that's insane to me. Like, Yoko Taro, one of my favorite directors in gaming, one of my favorite developers for games, and the fact that he actually, like I said, enjoyed my writing, enjoyed the review, loved what I had to say, and you know that I was able to spark up a little bit of a conversation with the man made my made my ear, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> this um, this entire soundtrack, it's just from top to bottom one of the best ones of the year so far. Um, when we do the level down game level down games year end awards. You know, if we have a soundtrack of the year category, Nier Automata is going to be up for the running 100%. Like, it is, it is a, a soundtrack that 
totally deserves as much recognition and as many awards as it can possibly get. And I just, like I said, I cannot speak enough about this game, about this song, about the soundtrack. I just, if you're into Japanese games at all or role-playing games at all, you owe it to yourself to play this game. You will not be disappointed. I, it's, I, it, 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 I, I love the song, just yeah, listening to it. and yeah. I, I, Knowing the setting myself, once again, no spoilers, of course. Yeah, but you uh, were going to play this game, so I was, I was, I was, I was, I was comfortable sharing it with you. I say that. I'm self-admitted I'm not the biggest RPG guy out there, but I can appreciate it for what it is and, and, and what I know about it. It's very beautiful. Yeah. You hear you know, lots of elements that, well, looks like once again, don't want to spoil, but you, you, they're definitely made clear yeah. by music alone. Yeah, and I mean, the, the title of the track is Amusement Park, so clearly, Which, yeah, you know, like, you know that this is going to have some type of elements of an amusement park in it. Generally, you know, what we consider, like, Disneyland or something like that, the happiest place on Earth. So they definitely tried to um, bring that out in some of the compositions and some of the melodies that they used in the track, which I thought was really well done. Absolutely. Um, so Now, uh, before I dive into my last yeah, game... You, you uh, have, we have one game left, and that's, that's your pick, so... Yeah, uh, before I do mine, uh, you want to go ahead and... Uh, yeah, let's get some plugs out of the way. Get some plugs in here? Let's get some, you know, some of our... Um, shout outs out of the way so we want to thank each and every one of you for joining us this morning on BG Mania as I mentioned at the start of the episode BG Mania is posted on iTunes and Google Play as well as uploaded here on YouTube every Wednesday morning if you have any ideas or requests for future episodes please reach out to us in the comments section below or check us out on Twitter at OriginalLDG or our main outlet leveldowngames.com Please be sure to like this video and subscribe to us on YouTube to stay up to date on all things Level Down Games. And for future episodes of BG Mania, Max Level, which is our video game podcast on Mondays, and The Gorgeous Lads of Wrestling, our professional wrestling podcast on Thursdays. We can also be found on Facebook and twitch.tv slash leveldowngames. And I do want to say, we are, as we're recording this episode, that we could be, you know, further or more than that by the time that this posts on Wednesday morning. But we are closing in on 400 subscribers. And when we get to a thousand, which I'm considering is our first mo- big milestone as a channel, as an outlet, um, we're going to do something a little special. We're not sure what it is yet, but we're Elfer, Carol, and I we're we're drafting up ideas. We're trying to think of what we can do um, to thank all of you for getting us to a thousand subscribers and for sticking with us and actually enjoying our content. Especially like the what was it? The other day we actually had a comment on our top ten hidden NES gems video. And, you know, the, the guy that, you know, commented on it listed off his his hidden NES gems. And then Jessica's review of Caller X Malice actually had a really great comment on it as well. So we're starting to get interaction from our community. We're starting to get, and you know, seeing interaction from the fans that are listening to our stuff. And we really, really appreciate each and every one of you and, and all the comments that you're leaving. You know, reaching out to us privately on either our website or on Twitter. And... You know, we just we just hope that the support continues. I mean, we definitely want to interact with you guys as much as physically possible. Um, and obviously, if you leave a comment, Alfred and Carol and I, we're going to be swooping in on the comments and, and interacting with you as quick as possible as soon as we notice it. So um, definitely keep up the support. And if, uh, if you are listening to this on either iTunes or Google Play, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review and a rating on there, because that definitely helps out our visibility through those search engines on for the podcast as well. So, thanks again for joining us this morning, and then Alfred Kara is going to take about with his last track. Alright guys, so for our last uh, track here, I'm going to go to a song that's very special to me. This actually comes from the 2001 Dreamcast game, later ported uh, 2002 to the Nintendo GameCube, Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, re- uh, later re-branded, so- 
the later uh, branded Sonic Adventure 2 battle on yeah. uh, on GameCube. Uh, it's composed by Jen Senui and it's performed by Ted Pauly and Tony Harnell. I feel like this game really captures the spirit of the game. It's a very fun level in general, uh, literally escaping the city. Um, I have nothing but positive things to say about this game in general. This is a series that I really want, would love to see continue going. Uh, with Sonic Mania releasing, uh, I believe, August? Soon, August, soon. August 15th. Uh, August 2017? Two weeks, two weeks from the time this posts. Two weeks. All right, so uh, you know, d- definitely you know, the future of Sonic games is in the balance. So yeah, I would and definitely they have Sonic Forces coming later this year, which is a traditional 3D Sonic. So maybe, you know, maybe we'll get lucky, and it's it's as good as the adventure series from Dreamcast. If we're if we we can only I hope. I hope so because uh, I love the blue blur. I want to keep this series going, and I really hope you enjoy this track. Uh, thank you guys again, uh, and we'll take you out with City Escape. Have a good day. <laughs>